Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, y'all. We're back at the Wooly Mammoth again, February 23rd. Yes, that's right. Friday, February 23rd. We'll be back at the Wooly Mammoth. So if you catch the sensational Seaman Gets at that 8 p.m. show, right after, we'll be hosting a post-show panel with Sheree Bohannon, a playwright and writer for Dread Central, podcast host of Blurdy Massacre, and Nightmare on Fear Street, and Hilton George, creator and CEO of BlurCon. So come out, pull up on us. Check out the production and hang out for the post-show panel. See you there. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Hey y'all! Howdy, friends! Welcome back to another episode of Girl That's Scary. It's Jazz, the forty ounce connoisseur, and it's your girl, Cat Daddy. And we are here to discuss a movie that I enjoy, but I'm about to find out find out if Cat enjoys this movie or not because she has things to say. Uh, we are talking about She Never Died, 2019, and it's currently streaming on Tubi, Plex. I think like Amazon. You can you can find this movie for free. Now, it's also related to the film He Never Died. Uh, it came out before, like, timeline-wise, because it came out in 2015. But I don't know if it's a prequel or... Oh, it's a, oh yeah, it is a prequel. Okay, well, never mind. Yep, it's a prequel. Um, I haven't seen that, so I oh, don't know Because that's you, exactly what I was going to ask. That, and that okay. attributes that a partial of my feelings. I am just here. Okay, and uh, all right, we were here because I've not seen that movie, but I've seen this movie more than once. So, yeah, guys, uh, this movie is about a woman who is out here living a life, and she has some interesting qualities about her. That's all you need to know watching this movie. Let's go ahead and hit that spoiler alert because I need to know what's going on. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm going to read what it says on the internet machine. Because if if I just read this, I have a few thoughts. If I just read this, I'd just be like, oh, okay. A socially detached loner saves a woman from dying a grisly death on a dark web channel and hunts down the culprits. Now, I did read that and I felt like, okay, cool. 
just okay cool because I don't really have many expectations I didn't dislike this movie but I wonder what my thoughts about this movie would really be like if I saw the first one so when when we decided to watch this or whatever this was said I had no idea this was a sequel until like today until like today years old and I was just like oh okay one I'm fighting the air because I've seen the sequel before the original one so I'm a little pissed about that because now I'm just like Maybe if I saw the first one, I would have one different thoughts to a better understanding of what the fuck is actually going on here. Because that's what I spent majority of the movie asking myself out in my brain. What is going on? Like, I know what's going on. I see what's going on. But also, like, how did this come to be? Where is this? Like, did we just pop up and spawn on Earth this way? Like, did I miss that part? What was going on? I did like that there was cannibalism. I did like that there was a superhero-esque, I guess, aspect to it. But then I also didn't like that it was like experimental stuff on Black people. Like multiple Black people were being, or multiple people of color were being experimented on and trafficked by this incestuous brother-sister white couple people. And I did not like any of that at all. So that is my thoughts on this movie. I don't know how I feel about this movie once again because I now I'm very pissed <laughs> that I saw the sequel before the original. But I'm also just like, hey, what's going on? No, the char- the actress did a good job. They weren't shit with the acting. I wasn't upset about that. It was just the optics and everything else going on, especially when there's a part where they have the woman chained up. And I'm like, why is this black character chained like this? Like, I really want to cut everybody in the face because... Bitch, are you serious? Listen, she never um, died. Twenty nineteen. I want my time back. Okay. Wow. What's that back? All right. Well, I like this movie. The chain part. Don't like that. Forgot about that when I rewatched it a couple of days ago. It was, was like, very Ooh. triggering. I was like mm, that, and then I also did not remember the incestuous relationship. I remember them being siblings, but I did not remember them being like, ooh, until I see one scene where she had pulled up on him. I was like, hey, oh, I don't, I don't remember this part of the story. Y'all didn't even have to do that. Like that was not even necessary to further the story at all. I guess y'all just wanted us to know that how depraved they were, but we knew that when y'all started the movie, when you had somebody playing Russian roulette with a motherfucking pit bull puppy. What we they're already villains. You don't have to do anything else. Y'all are making um what what are those tapes called? The Poughkeepsie tapes? Uh the tapes from what snuff films? Just Yes, what? snuff films. That's what y'all are yeah. here doing. Y'all are in this warehouse making snuff films. That is really fucked up behavior. Now, I am glad that Lacey is our, I guess, anti-hero um, for the most part. But I am glad that y'all can't be her ass. And she knows that y'all can't be her ass. Because in several scenes, she's like, bitch, I'm pulling up on you. Oh, well, I could just, you know, I could just ride with y'all. Y'all don't even have to act like this. Bitch, I'm going to beat your ass when I get out of here. Like, it's just really awesome. You are playing with me. Now, the torture shit, mm, that is... But also, she gets her link back, like, immediately after. So, it's like, okay, it's not so bad, because she definitely gets her link back. The torture part is not extensive. Like, it's not like a movie where you spend, like, 45 minutes of the main character getting their ass beat, or Mm -hmm. an hour of them getting their ass beat, and then the last 30 minutes is to come up. She she was beating people ass for the first half. She, She was in danger for, like, 
a solid 15 minutes or so. That was about it. It wasn't like that was the main portion of the movie where, no, this bitch is chained up and in danger like a lot of the time. Uh, the visuals is definitely triggering, but at least that bitch is not like that for very long. Yeah, I'll take that. I, I, like I said, I just had various, various thoughts on it. Like, I did like that here is this black woman who's out here kicking everybody's ass. Okay, cool. She seems to be doing it because she has her own beef with the guy with the rings, which I fucked with. Um, I wasn't a fan of her doing the bidding of the white man. I, I wasn't excited about that. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I don't know, guys. And then I see he's got 100% on Rotten Tomato. And I'm really just like, damn. So we really saw two different movies. A 100. A 100 percent on rotten tomatoes just watch 46 percent imdb 5.3 out of 10 rotten tomatoes 100 so i really was just like okay bitch this movie about to go up i knew it was gonna land somewhere in the middle because the imdb and i know the girls be getting paid for the ratings and stuff and that's their business um but i knew it would fall in the middle i don't know guys like and i like it once again i just i don't know i don't know i don't know I know, like, you know, and it's like your typical movie. Like, the person comes in, they discover that somebody's on some fuck shit. It's a partial revenge from, it's like two to three different movies in one. I think that might have also been it. I just, I was like, is this a Frankenstein movie? Like, where, is she a zombie bitch? Like, where, where is this going? And I don't think, once again, please let me know if I went to sleep. I didn't. Um, Was that explained? No, there is no real explanation. They give some clues. So... One, she hears voices, she kind of tunes out. There's this figure that stands in the corner and gets closer. And when you get towards the end of the movie, that figure appears to her. It's a it's a man. It's not like a special man, but it's clearly a demon. We don't know if it's Lucifer. We don't know who she made she's it with. She, look, he has a top hat on, bro. I don't but know. But she's Lilith. Like, she said her name is Lilith. So I'm like, okay, so she's Lilith. Or her name I, is Lilith. Well, she I'm had gonna, the the wings things in her back. Like, it, like it, you saw so it one thing. Hey, man, I guess so. And a, AKA Lacey, bitch. Like, she had wings. And then when you see the cover of He Never Died, which again, I forget that movie exists. Sorry, not sorry. I forget it exists, but there are angels. I'm fighting the air because I would have, I would have preferred we would have saw the first one and then this because I went in thinking this was a standoff film, and now I'm just like I've missed so much information. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I don't know what's going on in there. We're probably missing so much information. If you have seen this movie, please yell at me in the comments or in the email grltspot at gmail.com because bitch, what happened? <laughs> like, is all of this biblically related? Well, apparently he never dies also a horror comedy. This movie, I know that they had this small also says comedic beats, but I didn't particularly That's also why I was staring at the screen sideways. I was like horror comedy action. I see the action. I definitely see the horror. I see the pauses where I'm supposed to feel the comedic relief. I don't know, guys. Especially when after Lacey uh, rescues that girl from that horrific situation. Because basically the brothers and sister are traffickers, y'all. Like, they are doing all the things. There's a point in the beginning of the movie where the lieutenant who um, later enlists Lacey to get his help to get revenge on the same guy. Like, Lacey don't fuck with the dude because she saw the guy with the rings. The big guy with the rings. That's what they keep referring to. She saw him basically kidnap someone. The same shit we all seeing. She saw him put a bag over a lady's head and the lady went missing. And she ain't like that. Great. Because girl, what the fuck? And we already know he's on that fuck shit because as Jazz talked about, you know, there's a scene soon as we step in, we see we're introduced to this guy, like inside, you know, the 
the, you know, the, what is that? The, the cylinder, not even the cylinder, the square box of horse, because this is a concrete place building and there's a bunch of bullshit inside. You know, that you hear people screaming out in the hallways. It feels like an extra cutout scene from Hostel. It's not as dark and dank, but also you could tell it's thinking there. Like it's some wild shit going on. And you know, you hear there's a lady screaming, but we go in the room after seeing that, you know, the guy's playing between Russian roulette with himself, the dog, if he don't shoot the dog or shoot himself, the guy who's behind the camera getting the uh, views and shit set up for all the people on the dark web, he's like, baby, I'm gonna shoot you if you don't shoot them. So this is some wild shit. You go down the hall, there's a white man torturing a black man. And every couple seconds he's asking for help and they keep trying to like sun him and little him. And I don't like that setup. I don't like nothing about that. Um, And then the fact that the police... I know that he he eventually goes in there after trying to figure out what all Lacey is doing because he's he's watching from the outside. And I'm just like, all right, from their interaction, I can tell like this is not his, th- she knows that he's there. He's here probably once a week watching this shit, trying to figure out what the fuck going on. I got a problem with that. Two pair of one, after he goes in there, you can clearly audibly hear the screams of the people down the hallway. And he, he goes back in the confessional and is like, yeah, um... I don't think anybody's going to believe me. So there's no reason to go back down there. And I'm like, the black man who's screaming for help. Well, you know, the police be kind of... I'm fucking over it. I am over it. And then you find out later, the police department is not only wrapped up in this shit because they pay the brother-sister couple uh, are paying a 34% of the police department's kind of income. So they put the money in their pockets. And then, the police, you know the police department's in on it because the, the sergeant dude gets fired off cam. Like when, they're, when Lacey goes, to, well not Lacey, the girl that she rescues goes to the police department later and it's like, I'm trying to, you know, everybody's gone, bitch, send some help. They're like, oh, he got fired last week. He's fired. We're trying to get his papers progress. So process, excuse me. He don't work for us no more. This movie was wild. Like, bitch, what you talk about? Now I did read back up on the uh, prequel. It doesn't give you more information or context. It's more so a sister sequel. So it's just somebody else in the same predicament. (laughs) It's somebody else in the same predicament. So what? Yeah, it's not gonna. You're not gonna get more answers. Yeah. Um, So Henry Rollins' character is out here doing wild shit too, and nobody knows why. Also, that Henry Rollins. Yeah, they. I don't think they specify exactly what exactly what their actual story is and i kind of want to know but i kind of like that it's material mysterious i kind of like that we don't quite know exactly what it is and we can it's up for our interpretation i like that part mm, okay yeah <laughs> no <laughs> no i mean i feel like I'm, I'm okay because i obviously i know she has some otherworldly situation the subtitles on it says ethereal when they're describing the voices that are speaking to her and also you know with the name reveal of lilith i'm already all right like i've i can piece this together we also see there's another a player introduced at the end of the movie and we definitely know okay well okay this makes more sense i just i don't know it was just, i just i don't know i wish i just saw something different I think like this same maybe idea like character, but also just something different. I don't know what it was about this that just was like a no for me. And it wasn't like, like I said, the acting wasn't terrible. Nobody had ugly outfits. The hair hair wasn't outfits. crazy. No wild shit that kind of turned me off like that. But I don't know. I think it was just like the optics and what all was going on in this dank ass cylinder building? I I don't know. Yeah, I still kind of like it. Um, a hundred mm. is wild though. That um, the, I, also that because I was like, where, baby? Wild. But almost always on Rotten Tomatoes, when a movie has one hundred percent, it almost never deserves the one hundred percent. But the movies that be having like ninety one, ninety percent, a lot of times, like no, they be, but the one hundred flat. 
Because I feel like, per- what what about this movie is perfect to you? I mean, there are some movies in the 100% on Rotten Tomato. Like, I can't uh, put 100% so, stamp behind that. There are some that slap. And, you know, and I'm not, who are me to come for somebody else? I was just trying to figure out how did we land here in this situation? Like, how? Like, yeah, I don't even, I don't even want to know how. I kind of like that we dropped in the middle. Mama been looking at this motherfucker. She's been living this life for a long time. We know this because she has talked about, you know, she had a kid. She forgot even how it felt. She forgot. That's how long she's been living. So I'm like, maybe, you know, she's been alive for some hundreds of years. We're not sure. She don't even give a fuck about living on the street. She's like, girl, all I need is a refrigerator, honestly. I'm just out here um, eating fingers and bone marrows and shit like that. So I don't need much. I live off the earth, bitch. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how that looked good. I liked how we're coming in, we're busting in the scene, we're mashing up the place. We're getting this nigga out of the way, blah, 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 blah. And then you see her like hunching over. We hear the squelching and the snapping. I'm like, oh, bitch, what's going on? And then you go back and you see that he is like nubbed. Everything's gone. And you're and immediately, I'm like, question mark, question mark, question mark. I thought that looked good. I thought the SFX look looked good. I like the premise that she also feeds off the people that she is getting this vigilante work done. Like, I like that. Like, she's take she's not just targeting random people. It's all almost always in from the clips that we, you know, that we the viewers see. It's somebody who's doing some bad shit. So I like that too. That I don't I don't dislike that part. The cannibalism really sent me through the roof. But that's just how cannibalism grasp my eyelashes yeah i'm gonna say i mean it's cannibalism it's always gonna be like that you know especially because she talks about it so casually she's like yes i was just i think her moments where she's extremely deadpan are the moments of comedy where the police officers invite her to eat you know eat some food she's like yeah i'm eat some oatmeal she was like he was like so um did you kill those people yes and i ate them so what do you you want me to kill this person can i eat them like okay because she again she's like what you gonna do in her mind what you gonna do fucking arrest me girl <laughs> i mean not just her but like i said the uh okay what's old girl's name because i'm gonna get her name up Meredith? Susie. oh Susie. and no Mer- i didn't Meredith think anything do was funny but Susie also had some comedic timing like points too there was a little bit from janice but not so much janice was very much like the sidekick cop character you know who was genuinely concerned for a co-worker yes. um but i felt like most of the comedic i mean they, and they tried to it tried to do it with terrence aka that's to do with all the rings they tried to make him kind of funny like oh he's like the murderer nah. he's got jokes but nah, i wasn't jokes. amused like he, right even though he was supposed to you know be the doo-doo head dummy but also provide the comedic relief nothing about what he was doing was funny to me like i've already seen the type of shit that he's on so now i'm not amused by anything he got going on like i'm actually fucking irritated with his life yeah you ain't making snuff films you don't get to make no jokes that's just those are the rules um i'm sorry that you came in here with these jk's bitch but you can put them right back in your pocket it's like the motherfucker come up to do a stand-up everybody's like hey what you doing why are you picking don't even put the mic back put it back don't even don't even get your ass comfortable on the stage to make no fucking jokes, bitch. Also, you had a fedora on. You can't trust motherfuckers like that. Okay. I already told y'all ass. Hello. Like what and it's you're not even going to no party. Like you beating somebody up with a fedora on. Like, what's your problem? The like, we I know you're a villain. Like already. Mm-mm. Girl, and once again, every single person besides the police that we see getting tortured in this movie is a person of color. That don't sit right with me. As soon as the fucking... 
as an animal. As a, period. Or they're not a Caucasian person. I mean, and all, the like, very, all the vulnerable people, but that would make sense in a human trafficking ring. They go for the vulnerable people because if you try to get these white... Yeah, I know. It's upsetting. Human trafficking is fucking upsetting because you know exactly yeah. who they fucking go get. Like, this makes a lot of sense because you taking all these, a lot of, like, young white girls, they're going to come get them family members. They're, you're not about to get away with that. But these people of color, you're about to get away with hurting. And that says something about the world. It does. That also why it added to me being pissed. I was pissed about being confused. I was pissed about the storyline. I was pissed about these characters. They're trying to make the characters who are not the best characters. You're trying to make me laugh with them. I will not laugh with them. This is pissing me off. I just was like, I don't know. I'm just here. I'm just here. I want to know more about Lilith's story. So I don't know if a third piece exists, but I would like to see where that goes. But also this storyline feels chaotic. Partially here for it. I'm here for the chaos. I am here for another um, installment of her story in particular. I do want to know her background, but I'm okay with her. This just her being set up some ethereal being who, you know, regenerates and has to eat bone marrow. I'm okay if you just continue the story from that point also. I was just interested in that because it was a certain kind of creature that you don't get often. Like, oh, it's a ghoul, but she's not a ghoul. Like, oh, it's kind of vampiric, but she's out and about in the sunlight and whatever, and she can eat food. She's eating oatmeal, drinking coffee, shit like that. Like, she's blending in with one of us, literally. So I, it's interesting to see her interact. I, you know, I, I liked Lacey as a person. I also liked her kind of getting acclimated into society because she ended up getting a dog at the end. That was so nice. I like that. I like that too. And she seemed halfway pissed about it because I think she's like really determined to be on her dolo shit. And the dog is like, I choose you, Pokemon. Like, this is pretty much it. We are friends now. We are companion pieces. We go together because you saved me from a bunch of bullshit. And I like that for her because now she's like, I guess. I guess I got a dog. What did you eat food is what she said. Well, yes. Yes, the dog does eat food. It, you have to feed it. Uh, she's going to be figuring that out. But also, I'm a little terrified because Lacey might give that dog fucking anything and not the dog will be in the fucking hospital. I hope she goes on YouTube wearing yep. common times now. There are cell phones. I think she could use one of the people's cell phones she killed and look something up real quick. Okay. That's a, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Um... I will say, despite all the various feelings I have about this movie, I do think the even though they're fucked up scenes, the gory scenes or the splatter, the how little and a, how a lot, because some we see some stuff, some stuff just it's just in passing. Um, I thought that was effective. If you wanted to get a bullshit torture dungeon going with a bunch of plastic on the walls, this was a this was a scene. This was a setup. It was a setup. I also like how you know when you meet. The other character who she was in, Susie, also aka Kiana um, Madeira, Madeira, um, she was in the Fear Street trilogy as well. But yeah. how we're introduced to her, she's locked up, and the girl, I did find this funny, and she was like, Leave me alone. And the girl was like, Okay, and just left her, turned around and left her ass there, chained to the bed, like, Bye, um, left her there for hours. <laughs> and he's, the fact that he was like, well, We can't just leave her there. And she's like, okay, well, 
So what do you want me to do? I, I, okay, once again, I have various feelings. I understand that you just saw some wild shit and you're chained up and you're scared and you feel like everybody might be coming in to beat your ass and take you out and do horrific things to you. Definitely get that. This person seems to be someone who's taking everyone else out. Why would you automatically assume they're hurting you? Like, I would have thought there would have been a slither of a chance that this was their ops because clearly they just got them up out of here. And maybe, maybe you might be able to let me get about these chains. Just saying. I mean, but also when you're in a situation like that, with the people they kind of deal with, you don't know if it's, they coming in there to take out all of them and the people who see it. They don't leave witnesses. These kind of people do not leave witnesses behind. So I absolutely- It's true. Especially also, you know, this is not funny, but you see somebody coming at you with some weapons and they ain't got no mask on. Bitch, that's the, you already know what it is. They, they, you're not about to be Did able to report weapons? Their I thought she just had her bare hands. Yes, well, but she was there was be a blood. She couldn't see what was happening. She was in the back room, so all you hear is screams and bones snapping and blood true, and shit. True, and then somebody coming at you with some blood on them after they done clearly beat somebody ass in the other room. You're you thinking you're fucking next in line, bitch? So I I, I could get it because again, those people would have people coming out to get them. They make a lot of enemies, a lot of enemies. Yeah, I feel that. I think also just like because how this shit was set up, it was just so back and forth. I'm like, girl, this this gives UK sitcom and anything oh, is happening right now. Okay. Yes, because I was like, Jazz, even if you like, I get it. Like <laughs> the way that at this point, it'd be a difference if there was no deadpan activity from any of the characters, like none of those JKs. So I could, like what you're saying is like, all right, I get that. But because me, the viewer, I've watched this, I'm just like, I cannot stretch my belief this far. Um, Nope. I'm like, this is either going to go to immediately. I'm like, so they're going to go back and forth about unlocking her and not unlocking her. And then we're going to come back and go, oh, you saved me after you just called her some names. Like, and now we're friends again. I don't really... Mm, I was still here, though. I was bobbing my head like that Jay-Z gift, but I was just like... I was oh. actually uh, bobbing my head, but not like the Jay-Z gift. I was just actually like, hmm, okay. Mm. I'm interested yep. to see what happens next, if there's a, anything that happens next. If not, I am I mean, okay. It's been like almost five years now, so maybe great. maybe not. Not the great. You know what? That's this it. would have done it's better fine. as a short. And I feel Aww. like I would have felt that way about the first movie, too. Like, I feel like we should have capped it at an hour. And I feel like it should have just been a short. Like, here's a saga, a three-part saga. And the first part would, like, just like, just like the Fear Street. Here's part one, part two, part three. All right. Television nights. Three-night special. Okay. Three-night special. Yeah. I thought it was okay as the the length. I just feel like there were some scenes that probably should have been replaced with something else. Uh, maybe. Or again, some. Yeah, but I feel like the time-wise the time already a little tight. They would have, like you said, you would have omitted them and it would have been, you know, a short. I think they probably could have put something interesting in there. We could have seen her kill a few more people. That would have been fine. I'm, I never get tired of her killing creeps. Like fair, we, fair. we get her killing one person off rip who was, you know, about to assault a lady at the beginning and we, she could, starts killing somebody else. I'm like, we could have, we could have got a few more kills in there or maybe she could have killed. I mean, she did kill a, like she damn near went on a malignant rampage, bitch. All she was missing was throwing a fucking chair. Because she right. tore that goddamn party up. I'm not going to lie to you. They had champagne and shit. They was in here. They had heels and boots on. They thought they was about to be out here partying. And she came. 
she she interrupted the party by rolling the brother head into the party. Yeah. Just like, hey, and chased the bitch to the roof. Now, I will say I was surprised because, again, I've seen this movie like two or three times. I forget about this roof showdown. Meredith got hands, bitch. Hold on. I had a couple thoughts about this. I mean, I definitely expected Meredith to fight back, but I also was just like, mm, this fight scene's going a little too long. I would like to see Meredith get thrashed. Uh, she's fighting back a little bit too much for me in this white pantsuit. This pantsuit should have several lines on it from how often she's being dragged. She get dragged a couple times, but not dragged across the fucking rocks and dust for me. So I wish there was more dragging of Meredith. Uh, because I've had enough of her. Like, we've seen her be a dick, a doodle head dummy the entire movie. So I didn't feel like she deserved that much fight scene, fight scene screen time. I feel like she should have been like, oh, like the punches shouldn't have let, like she should have got like one or two hits in, bow was realistic. But then she should have been getting like the rock'em sock'em. Like, that's how I felt. But I was pleased to see her ass get chuck-a-duck from that roof. See ya, bitch. On the way down. That's how I felt. You out like Ryan Cabrera. And, um... Lilith sees another day. I did like that yeah. scene. Yeah. I was over that pantsuit. Okay. The now that you mention it, that pantsuit stayed white for quite <laughs> I get it. I That's what I'm saying. Uh uh-uh, uh it should be but dusty as a that. bitch. Her heel should have cracked. Ooh. And her hair shouldn't have not been as wafty. It should have had some edges missing because she was dragging her ass by them edges. Across the rocks. Yeah, yeah, I, you're right. I think that Lilith should have beat the fuck out of her. Even if the fight scene lasted the same amount of time, it should have been Lilith whooping her ass for that amount of time. Kind of like in, um, not Death Race, but uh, Death Proof, where they start whooping that dude ass at the end. Yes. Like, it should have been, no, we taking 10 minutes to stomp a mud hole in your ass, and you're going to see us walk it dry on film. That is what they should have did with Meredith. And I also feel like the brother should have caught that, too. Like, yes, his head got ripped off, but we didn't see them fight like that. I, it should have been two boss fights. That's where some of the time runtime should have went, into them two fucking boss fights right there. Mm-hmm. We saw the brother torture black people longer than we saw him get his ass beat. So I would like some redemptions on there. Because once again, we open the movie with you torturing black people. And I'm glad you're gone. Great. But the longest part was just you watching watching your ass roll across that dance floor. Not satisfying enough for me. So, yeah, definitely got to that. say the name, no. <laughs> That's why I'm definitely like, it can't get to 100 because, girl, the chains, you stab at the knife, like, it's a little too, mm. even if the first person, because that first person he's tortured, it doesn't even matter who that is. We don't see him no more. That could have been anybody. That was a choice. That was a choice. It was a choice. And once again, the person could have been saved. Like, the actual police heard the dude yelling for it was loud well i guess i don't have no there's nothing else for me to do out of here what the fuck do you mean there's nothing else for you to do as someone help me like bruh what so actually if he died too i would have been okay because i was just like "Mm, no no i that was literally one of my notes so you hear the person screaming help me and you go well i guess my job here's done You bitch, like what? I I thought it was bullshit that they tried to fire him, but also like I'm. Well, he wasn't good at his job any fucking way. Like he he wasn't. He's a useless police. Useless police. Useless police. You know exactly what people are tied up in the shit, and I'm just really like, 
honestly, he on some coward shit because you know all these people. Hey, you sicking this black woman on them when you had the blicky anyway. You and you know one with the know how. You could have just popped up and shot some people if that was the case. And then trying to be like, well, why are you calling me? Because she calling him on the payphone. This is supposed to be under the table. You basically you hired someone to do your dirty work. Now, we also know that your department is very fucking fraudulent. And that's a whole nother story that we we touched on. But also, like, it once again, it was the optics. It's the optics, what's really going on and what it's looking like. So I, it was fuck him too, whole time. I really, it, it was really that. Lilith is the star, is the moment. Susie, you know, I'm glad she got a job. I'm glad she's able to get to some good dollars. I'm hoping that she's trapped and so people don't try to kidnap her. I really wish they did not try to, I don't know, make a JK situation out of sex, out of not just sex trafficking, but human trafficking in general. Like, I think also just the theme of what was going on in this movie, once again, like, when I see the comedy, I'm like, where was the, f- no, no, this isn't funny. This isn't funny at all. Yeah, I forgot. I was I was like, this is a horror comedy, okay. But uh, the mm. again, some of the parts, like some of the dialogue at the diner, some stuff like that. Those are the kind of funny parts, like between Susie and maybe Lacey, um, more so. But anything where we're talking to the sex traffickers, all their jokes, boo, tomato, mm. tomato, tomato. No one cares. No one cares that they're talking about you need to call mom. I don't care Ew. they have a relationship, girl. Yuck. Y'all are also touching here, touching butts. And I cannot wait till y'all get the snake away because y'all are already there on the way. Y'all are Yuck. not even in the queue. Like y'all had a special case. They gave y'all VIP access and they're going to send you down. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, there were some things and aspects I did like about this movie. Like I said, I like the SFX. I like the blood. I like some of the kills. Like, that looked good. I like the premise that we have an ass-kicking, mm-hmm. like, person who, you know, happens to just live off the bone marrow of other beings. And that's okay. That's the thing. I, I like that. And if I shine in and then close my eyes and pretend nothing else exists, then that is the part I like. Um, but this definitely was not a 100 for me. I think it just lands at, like, a 6 that's that's what that's where i'm at i don't think i'm ever gonna see this again um okay wow mm -hmm. yeah that's how i feel about this movie yeah i i don't know what i scored it hold on let's look at uh, what i i put in the letterbox machine i know it wasn't no damn five out of five stars though it was probably a three and a half or a Ooh, yeah, I gave this a four. Um, it's probably a three and a half after upon rewatching this and looking at one the the chained up black woman, two the incest that I did not probably catch the first. <laughs> I'm like, cause you don't they don't start like being flirty with each other the first couple times. It you have to catch it. I'm like, what is what was that about? Why'd y'all do that? This was my only watch, and I caught it and clocked it immediately. I Why know. are you so close? What's going on here? And it was like night and day. Hey, hey, why? Weren't you just saying that you always going to go hang out with your mom? What the fuck, man? And then she just goes on a run of her Lululemon outfit. Ah, mm mm-mm. No, I'm going to see y'all later. Well, this is a movie. I've seen much worse movies. I feel like if you like undead ghouls and you want to see a black woman in lead, this is a good one to watch. She does a great job, okay? I'm not going to hold y'all. Like, maybe there are some choices in the plot, but I mean, you know, that probably also has to do with uh, the writing and the directing. So, uh, yeah, please check this movie out. I... Want to know what y'all think? Because again, I enjoyed this movie. Kaz, like, mm, no, no, no. I still want to know what people think. 
Yes, we we do want to know what y'all think, and y'all can let us know what y'all what y'all think at GRLTS Pod. But it's a no for me. Hey man, we got one no, we got one yes. Who who the niggas in the middle? Who the niggas on uh this either side? Who just never saw it? Who saw the first one? Because we need, I need to get some tabs on it. I don't know how mm. interested I am in it, but you know we're here. Mm. Let us know. Yeah, um, yeah. And if it's your first time listening, hey, thanks for playing hey. the play. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for all the support. Thanks for all the feedback. Shout out to the patrons. Shout out to all the mm. retweets. Shout out to everybody be pulling up to the live events. Appreciate yeah. y'all because you came outside for real. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, I appreciate all y'all, but like, yeah, because we got some live events this month. Like yeah. some live events, and you know, if you look at the calendar, okay, you will see what's up in there. And if you're wondering what well, is y'all bitches gonna be outside, 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 outside of this, then the answer is yes, yes, we we definitely are. There are some other things happening, and they're not gonna all be in the DC area, and that's all we can say about that. On that, but um, thank y'all for all the things. Thanks for just, just wow, just really thank you. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for sticking around, guys. Next up, we have our live podcast. We were live at the Woolly Mammoth on Sunday, February 11th. If you made it out there, hey, shout out to you. But if you didn't make it out there, you get to tune in right now. Hi, we're here. Hello, everybody. How's it going, friends? Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for responding. How are you? How's everybody? Um, thank you guys for coming out on Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. I know you could be anywhere in the world, but you decided to be here with us. That's special. Thank you so much. Now, um, we're about to talk a little bit about horror and theater. Are there any horror fans out here? I please raise your hand. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Hey, everybody. And fans of theater as well. Okay, same Great. amount of hands. Okay, we're linked up. We're linked up. I'd love to see it. So we're just going to give a quick intro of our show. If you didn't know us or you just found out about us, you know, two minutes ago, maybe he's walking down the street and just That's decided fine. to pop in. Hey, how are you? This is Girl That's Scary. Hi. I'm Jazz, the 40-ounce connoisseur, and... I'm Cat Daddy, and we're in your ear holes every Thursday, wherever you can listen to podcasts on the internet and in the world. Yes, yes. And we are joined by the sensei, some of the sensational C Minkets. You know, yeah. I had to slow it down. I had to slow it down. My lisp is hurting me. Okay. Yes, baby. Listen, okay. we, we're trying to do our best. Okay. So we're joined by Sabrina, yes, and Fatima. And we are going to be talking about theater, horror, how they connect our backgrounds in both of the areas, and some of the things that you may see, hopefully, if you go and check the show out. You today. should. Yes, we do. It's hot with high energy, call and response, entertainment, definitely show up. So, of course, we've already intro. We're going to go ahead and get into horror. Now, y'all are horror fans. I don't really have to explain to y'all mm -hmm. what horror is, but we know as fans that horror definitely spans past a few slashing and killing. We know it's psychological. Mm -hmm. We know there's ghouls, undead. We know that horror can be used as a vehicle to represent certain metaphors or represent grief or other things that are, you know, common to the human experience. Mm -hmm. So horror is not just, you know, Jason coming to beat people ass. We know how that goes. You know, unfortunately, no, fortunately, because we don't live in <laughs> Camp, Camp Crystal Lake. I'm yep. sorry. I'm, if I had to smell Jason's feet 
on the way. Like, I've got, like that's the last thing I smell before I see Jesus. I'm tired. I, that's not all right. No. That's not fair. I need no. another try. They got to send me back, bro. I closed my eyes and I was immediately in the van from Freddie versus Jason. And mm. that was a moment within itself. I know it was boofing in the back of that van. They were Definitely. trying to save the day, but it was crazy in there. Yes. We are using our voices. We didn't even turn the mics on. Let's see. And this is the teacher <laughs> voice going on. Hey. Did that work? It and did. It did. And All it right. Did. Now we're here. Now we're actually here. We were just going to yell at you for an hour. But now we're not going to yell at you. We're going to actually talk a little bit about subgenres. Like we talked about slashers, psychological thrillers. Ooh. We talked about zombies. My fave. Yes. Vampires. Cannibalism. Ghouls. Oh, cannibalism. I'm scared. All kinds of horror, right? Mm-mm. Also, theater, theater has ties to horror. So, Little Shop of Horrors. Okay, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Period. All Even Dracula back in the day. A lot of times for in Hollywood back in the day, they used to write the book or write the script and then write the play script right after. Mm-hmm. So then you would have both. And even if you saw, if you're a fan of black and white horror, any black and white horror fans, Okay, okay, yes, hey, hey, shout out to you. Okay, black and white horror fans, the props they use, they look very stage-like because mm-hmm. a lot of things are done on a soundstage. The movies are much bigger than they used to be back in the day. Mm-hmm. So theater and cinema have very close ties, especially with horror. Even things like Phantom of the Opera. Ooh, mm-hmm. I was going to take it to the next level because not even the ones that are straight in your face horror, like even stuff that doesn't necessarily, like I know that we have in our nose Macbeth. I'm thinking of other Shakespearean horror, The Tempest, stuff that has scary elements, whether it's elemental horror or just like situational horror. There's something scary as shit about anything. And the yeah, way right. it's depicted in a play is chef's kiss because when you're in stage plays and things of that nature, you don't necessarily have access to all the other things like when you're in a movie and you're able to do the SFX, like you're really relying on uh, SFX or someone's imagination to create that realm for you. I stand. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So speaking of theater, we're going to start with our guest. I Maybe we'll go with Sabrina and then Fatima. Okay, we're going to ask you, what draws you to theater? What, like, why, why did you decide to be like, yes, I'm, I'm about to pop up on the theater? Because theater's hard. Yep. Uh, I've done one two plays in my life and on one of which where I was just the fork running away with the spoon. I'm okay. Like, I know right now, like that was nerve wrecking itself. So what draws you to theater? I, I think that um, I started, I think I was drawn to acting because of movies. I didn't really have access to theater uh, growing up. And so when I went to study acting at sort of a, it wasn't a film based program, but it was like in a film sort of based area everything there introduced me to theater and that like changed my life Mm. because there was something about the community that like a a film or or television creates like we're all talking about this thing but instead of just talking about it and experiencing it separately we're all experiencing experiencing it at the same time Mm. so even doing this show when like there's a there's I actually can't say what it is. There are things that are scary. There we go. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the audience is out there getting scared and I'm back there going, Ugh! like it's, <laughs> it's the community expression. And I think that that is like, that's what it looks like in a horror context. When we're all crying in the theater, it's all this. So being able to experience things at the exact same time with other people, um, I think is something that really draws me to theater. Wow. What an excellent answer. Look <laughs> I'm <at> screaming. That. <laughs> okay. No, that was insightful. No, it really was. Real. It really was. What about you, Fatima? For me, similar to Sabrina community, I spend a lot of time home alone and watching Harry Potter and creating my own little characters yes. and talking to myself. 
And then in middle school, we had drama club and we did Annie and I was the maid. Um, but yeah. I stuck it through and eventually okay. got, got okay. other roles. I got other roles, but it was really the community and having people to do the very thing I love doing by myself and be dramatic with others. Period. Love that. And this is a question for everyone. So that's for us too. But oh. it's, it's, I wanted to get let them go first because I know that y'all have this theater background. Y'all are on the stage. But the things that y'all are saying, these are a lot of things that are common to the horror community. Like horror is such a niche community. So it takes a special kind of person to be like, yeah, I'm about to watch these entrails. Mm -hmm. Yes. Ooh, uh, exposed brains? Yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> let, let me see a little bit more of that. Zoom in. Yes. Like it's a special kind of weirdo. And yes, me and Kat are weirdos <laughs> that, you know, we, we band together and we look at the gore. We look at the things that people usually turn their heads mm -hmm. away from. It's that feeling of being scared together. That's why, you know, horror movies play so well in the theater because everyone is jumping at the same time mm -hmm. or that theater experience. Like, I don't know who, who all knows about hereditary, but there is a scene that specifically, there's no sound, but if you're looking at the screen, if you're in the theater, you can hear people reacting at different times because they're catching it at a different time. Cause they're like, Oh, Ooh, everybody's like, hey, y'all don't see that? So just that feeling or the blackening, everybody, mm. that was amazing to see together. It was. Because you're, and it's the same kind of feeling of this because you have a black production and it's like those inside jokes that we get or just those side remarks that you know somebody auntie would say or somebody you, you know, are close to would say, but that, that community or that feeling of being that togetherness, mm -hmm. those things are together. That's why horror and theater are homegirls. <laughs> I'm a fan. Okay, so what draws me to theater? The drama. Like, just like everything else in life. <laughs> the drama. No, seriously, the drama, the stories, and how they're being de depicted. And each voice is saying different things, but also saying the same thing, depending what kind of story you're seeing at the same time. I'm just here for it. And once again, like, I'm always in awe of practical effects, no matter what the scenario is. Like, you literally have a shoestring budget, but you're able to make the shit shine. Like... How? How? And we all know what it's like to have, here's $5, make it work. Yeah, <laughs> especially for theater. You okay. got somebody holding up the flower, they done made the shadows work. You know, you got things moving, we done turned oh. the lights off to create this mood or create mm -hmm. something. Because sometimes you got to make it if you got you don't have it. You don't have $2 million and you can shoot in New York. This is a play. You got, <laughs> you have this amount of money, this amount of space, and this amount of time, and you got one shot to get it, give it through because we cannot hit cut and you redo this scene, which yeah. is amazing what y'all do. Because let me tell y'all something. I would have been freestyling. I would have, y'all would have okay. heard, heard the grinding beat on them, them, speak, them bleachers back there, and I would have started rapping because I didn't know what was going on next. Just letting you know. Uh, Ooh, baby, I would have rolled off the stage. <laughs> Truly, off the I would have rolled right away. I'm starting doing the hillside. I got to entertain Sir, the crowd. Going away. Like, hey, hey, because like, hey, I don't know. <laughs> No, but seriously. Not them dragging us off the stage. And that's fine. This is not my lane. This is not for me. <laughs> it is for me, but it's not. It's not. But again, that's why theater and horror are so good together. Just with the elements that we use, the props, the lighting. Even if y'all think of 1960s horror, where the lighting just goes to the eyes. Oh. Uh -huh. Mario Bava. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Classic horror, universal. Mm -hmm. That's used in a lot of stage plays where they're doing monologues. Everything is dark and then the light looms in on the one person yep. talking. Even if it's just like a talking head, using the same kind of tools to create a mood that we can draw from a theater experience and on a on-screen horror mm -hmm. experience. Also the call and response, even intermissions. Um, I don't know if any of y'all werewolf fans, I, me, you are a werewolf <laughs> fan. Um, the Beast, uh, no, not The Beast Within, 
The Beast Must Die. It's a 1970 flick. It has an intermission <laughs> in the middle. Like, and I'm like, can we bring that back? Because usually a lot of long stage, stage plays, they have intermission. It, I think it was more common back in the day to have intermissions in movies, but can we bring that back? But Please. again, yes, it felt like theater. Mm, okay, no, I have two thoughts. One, we need to bring intermissions back in movies because some people like to leave that motherfucker rolling. Like they leave that thing, ro- like you looking up and it's like well, three afraid. hours. Mm, okay, and I'm just like, I, I see it. Like I see, I have the vision. But if we could just do like a quick one minute and then we pause. like Or kind of like when, you know, the physical media came out for Titanic and it was VHS 1 and VHS 2. <laughs> like, can we bring that back? Because you knew the time of like putting the second tape in. You could, you, know, you could do whatever. To get, same. And then, okay, on on the, the topic of call and response, not saying too much, but I definitely was talking before we came on stage that there was a situation while I was watching this play last week and um, like, it was a connection situation with the person next to me in the audience outside of the fact they were like, listen, I know you know nobody's going to sit in this chair so you can put your purse here. That's how I knew we was going to be friends. Let's start there. <laughs> and then on top of like the characters doing their thing on the stage and there's certain seeds like require you to be like in it. But even when you're not in it, the person next to me was like, he was talking to y'all and I didn't know if you could hear them. And then they look at me and I'm like, are we in the play together? So yes. <laughs> it's the call of response always for me, like always for me. It makes you feel like Kind of like whether it's in a play or watching a movie or just shooting the shit with your friends, it makes me feel like this is a communal space and mm-hmm. we're all in this together. And then it also makes what I'm taking in more impactful because I feel like I'm in it. Like we're all talking. Ta- Y'all don't even see me. And I'm like, yes, girl, we're here together. <laughs> exactly. Like movies that break the fourth wall, like funny games or even Scream doesn't quite break it. But you know that mm-hmm. the characters you see are talking to you. They're talking to horror fans. So again, that connection of... We're breaking the fourth wall. So you sitting in your seat thinking you're not a part of this production. You are. Buckle in. Hold on to your butt. You're with us. Come on. You're in the horror movie, which is also terrifying. Why you put me in a horror movie? Why couldn't y'all put me in a comedy? Like you couldn't break the fourth wall in, in a hee-hee joke? Like, what, come on. But <laughs> okay. you know, a But it could also be fun. Like not even just a slasher. Like we have an album that's a Rocky Horror Picture Show. And if yes. you don't know me personally, I am a stand. <laughs> okay. When you're watching, when you go see like a uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show live mm-hmm. and they ask you, if you've seen the show X amount of time, stand up or the sit down countdown, I'm always the last to remain. Thank you, friend. <laughs> um, and I say that to say like, once again, that call and response, when you're doing the time warp, when you pull up, there's action moments where you're reenacting like you're in the rain. The tree's beating my face and it's beating Janet's face too <laughs> when she's walking up to the house. Like we're all going through it and it's it makes it more impactful for me. It makes me feel like I can like I'm taking this in to the point that I'm mm-hmm. I'm saying the lines line for line. Like you don't even have to give me the script, baby. I already know it. Love that for you. And I watched Rocky <laughs> Horror Picture Show because of Kathleen. Almost every time I've seen it is because of Kathleen. Yeah. Uh, because it's a musical. And a go- of course, theater and musicals are also homegirls. All right. Even in this play, there's a lot of music used often, like live mm. music, different kinds of music. Di- like, you know, I can't I don't want to spoil it because during the panel we'll be having later, I will be able to spoil it, talk about some I of the experiences. Wait. I can't wait, because we're going to dive into it. Mm. But just that musical, like Anna and the Apocalypse, you know, where that it goes into theatrics. Anytime we're about to take a horror film and we're about to sing about it, like people are getting eaten right oh, now. Oh, yes. You about to break out in the song, and it's a Christmas horror play. Oh, that. Yes. Like, how do you take things so jolly and make them so gruesome? I don't really know, but I'm gonna hit play on it. I'm gonna be like in the front row. Okay. Now you can I'm, do everything through song. 
everything through song yes. and through Christ. Christ. That's who I said, that too. Yes. It's, or like our friend says, you could do everything through spite. Yes. We're going to lift her up. Spite is very <laughs> She's very much so like, we could do anything through spite. I'm like, I see your vision. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and get some guest background. Yes. So I feel like you answered a little bit about what your background in theater was. And both did both of y'all get answer that question about, I think you take it. Yeah, go ahead. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Um, I'm Fatima. I am currently a producer and director for Sensational Seeming Kids. I was the assistant director um, and producing new work. So this play is a part of a commission. So we've been working with the playwright for I don't know, over a year, a long time, getting to know her and what this piece was about. Um, and outside of that, I'm a writer, a dramaturg, and I just love the theater. You can put me in anything, doing anything. I'll do it. I'll put the wigs on if you need me to. Yes. I love to turn them around, girl. Turn, turn the wigs the around. Wigs <laughs> it's always dream girls. It's always me. dream girls. Turn the wigs around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not going to bust out in any dream girl songs. Um, Today. Because I only knew. Today. <laughs> At this moment. At this moment. <laughs> okay. At this moment. So about after theater background, what is y'all's horror background? What is your relationship with horror? So this play has changed my relationship to horror because I have a, uh, a very active brain and a very active nervous system. So mostly I stayed away from horror my whole life because I just, I would watch Alfred Hitchcock with my parents and then I wouldn't be able to go anywhere by myself for two weeks and that's a lot. So I think that I, and I also have a very overactive nervous system. So even in things that aren't scary, I'm always jumping and scared and all the time. And uh, so I, I, would, I thought that that would not go with this very well. But actually, this play, I was like, wow, I could do this for the rest of my life. I've screamed yes. 45 times today, and I'll do it again. Um, and so I think that my relationship to horror before was almost none and is now like, it is, is, is growing because there's something interesting about the fact that all the things that happen in the show, I don't have to like pretend they're scary. I'm scared every day. It's a lot less work to, to not have to pretend. Um, and I think that also I've been watching more horror things recently and I feel like, so, like when horror, horror I feel like this may be untrue, but I feel like it has, it has more of an onus on it to be good than other things sometimes. Like the Silence, silence of the Lambs is so good for, mm -hmm. I just think it's so good and other things aren't sometimes. So I feel like the onus on the writing sometimes is almost even more because you have all of these aspects together. So I'm starting to get more into it. Ooh. Yes. We love new horror. You films. ain't lie. Look, one of us. One of <laughs> us. <laughs> there were no lies, so there were no Look. lies. My horror background, I used to be real scared, so I just avoided it. And I remember it was like the third grade, my best friend was like, let's watch Halloween. Yes. And we had garlic pizza. And I just remember like the association of the garlic pizza in Halloween. I was like, oh, I can't do this ever again. Like, and after that, I was like, no horror. And then I would watch like the DC sniper. I watched that as a child. Maybe that was scary in real life. No, and that's real life terrible. And that's my thing. So like for me, I like the realism of it is not, my imagination doesn't distance those things. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this can happen. Like there are vampires. Oh, I like, I love like the occult horror, yes. like the vampires, the witches, anything like that. But as I grow my faith, you know, I'm like, I'm okay. So I can <laughs> I can enter these things and I'll be perfectly fine. Yes. So now I'm dipping in, dabbling in horror now. Yeah. 
Yes. Girl, they had us running in zigzags to school. What you talking about? Yeah, listen, because <laughs> I feel real. like, I don't know. I'm not going to, we don't ask ladies ages, but I feel like we're around about the same age because everybody remember the DC sniper and I feel like we was in school. Um, and I am from Richmond. So even down there, they like, yeah. So you just, and I walked to school. So they like, yeah. So I mean, if you come down here, I mean, that kills me every time y'all tell me this because yes. what, how's he getting down there? Well, in that van, girl. That's what they told us. He was busy was up here. He wasn't making it down there. And not when it's you get that traffic up. It's an hour and 45 minutes if he's Not when you, get, when you hit Woodbridge. Two and a half hours there. <laughs> he could leave at 11 a.m. and be to us by the end of school. I'm you right. Scared. You right. Mm -mm. I'm in mass stress. How was that supposed to help us? It wasn't. It wasn't. They believe the children are the future unless they didn't think it through. Child. They didn't think it through. Oh my God. Mm -mm. But thank y'all for y'all backgrounds. It's also great to hear people getting into horror, getting, because it's okay to do it scared because there are a lot of podcasts and just media for people who are new to horror at mm -hmm. any age or people who like they have a friend who's a horror friend and then who's like a horror fan and one friend who's never seen them. So the horror fan, like I'm going to pick this and we're going to watch it and then we're going to talk about it because I have been here and you're new. <laughs> and then you, you get the experience of someone who's like, what, what's going on? Are y'all okay at home? Um, why am I watching somebody get their skin taken off? What's going on guys? What's going on? Ooh. But also it's fun. <laughs> you know what just popped up? And then like, not even just on a podcast realm, even if you're just like, girl, I just, you know, want to catch a movie real quick after work. Not on anyone's promo team, the Alamo. We had went to the Alamo Draft House mm -hmm. and we saw a child's play. First time I've ever seen child's play in a movie theater. And there were people there who have never seen child's play at all. Yeah. Like in life, like ever. I don't know how that happens, but they were like, I was determined to be their friend at the end of the day. Because what you mean you ain't never seen Chucky call that lady a bitch in your life? Like, what you mean? You stupid bitch. And the fact that you're like, we're experiencing this in the same space together. Everyone's oh, laughing. My God. Like, seriously, like, if, if that is not your bag, even if you're just like, forget it. Like, I just want to try. Go outside. Like, just do it. I'm going to just, don't listen to me when I start giving recommendations. Though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, this is like, we're DEF CON 5, like, when you ask us for, like, recommendations from us. Because I'm going to tell you to go watch Titan. If y'all don't know about that French extreme film from Titan, that's one of my favorite horror films. Like, if we talk about Top 100, it's in there. But it's wild. And I can't even prepare you for what kind of movie it is, because I don't know what kind of movie it is. I don't, I don't know what, I haven't seen that movie at least eight times. I done told, and I'm like, I'm not quite sure what subgenre this is, but I'm going to watch it again. Creature feature. Body body mod. Also slasher. Go. Yeah, yeah, sla definitely slasher. Low-key psychological thriller cause twist. Jesus, there's <laughs> uh, a lot. You know what? And while we're in this realm, before we go too far into the zone, because you know how we do, <laughs> a movie that I would like to see be like a stage play. The Lodge. Ooh. If you have not seen The Lodge, this is your time. Okay, we're looking at each other. This is your time to see The Lodge. If you are a person that likes a fuck them kids movie. <laughs> I'm so serious. I'm so serious. And it's a really good holiday uh, family film, too. So if you really just want to. I'm very serious. Another one is Inside. Things I would like okay, to see Inside on the stage. Inside is a family film. It is. I would like to see this on the stage. Christmas film, too. I'm pleading. I am pleading. Y'all gonna be tired of me. Um, speaking of movies that'd be good as a stage play, I know this sounds really wild, but think about the props, all right? If you have enough money to get this production going off, killer clowns from outer space. Okay. The set pieces would be amazing. The camp. The camp. The camp and then the call and response. Please have the clowns waddle down the aisle. Oh my gosh, I would be in the front row. Please put me in the candy cotton ball, candy, candy ball. Just like this. I wanna do that. Okay. Let's go into some icebreakers. I know we talked for like 20 minutes and we just get into icebreakers, but we want to know a little bit more about y'all. I mean, uh, 
about each other. So because of the <laughs> vibes of this play, and you know, we black women, we usually, you know, go up for um, Beyonce. So what is your favorite Beyonce song or Beyonce era? I'm I'm still so stuck on how a movie can be a fuck them kids movie and a family movie yes. Yes. <laughs> at the same time. Yes, um, you gotta watch it. Yes, <laughs> and, and, and I think I will. Uh, my favorite Beyonce era mm-hmm. is four. Like just that, I remember when that album came out and. She was, she was like, I'm just going to make a documentary about how I'm different now. And I took a break. And my dad's over there. And I'm just different. And I'm swimming. And so I really, she was de-stressing. Which I feel like is a theme in this play. Well, it's not a theme in this play, which makes it a theme. It's, yeah. it's the theme that isn't happening in this play. And so, yeah, four is my favorite. Okay. Yes. We love Countdown. Ooh. Mm-hmm. My favorite is B-Day. Yes. I love, like, Get Me Body. Dress like mm. I just felt like she was unleashed. Yep, and You're that's right. my vibe. Mm-hmm. That, that we had a look. Gibby body. She, Beyonce had people in the club on the ground talk about <laughs> some like catwalk with it. Like she had people <laughs> taking their shoes off in the club. You know how wild it is to take your shoes off in the club. <laughs> you know how black your feet gonna be when you get, reach for them shoes again. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> but I but Beyonce said tick fight. So I mm-hmm. um, right, battle. I think, I don't know if it's Renaissance because I really love Renaissance. Like I am having the time of my life because my I cannot stop singing America. America, America got a problem. problem. Yes. Dum, 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 dum. Immediately I start breakdancing and heel toe in the car. I will restart the song four times just to go to America has a problem. Hear the breakdown, hit the remix, hit it again. It needs to start over. Um, I just, I don't know. Some And some of the visuals, everybody was wearing the ice. Everybody is Amazing. all like glittery and silver. It's the cowboy hats. It's the yeehaw of it all. I Something about Renaissance. Something about Renaissance. What about you, Kat? Um, okay, so I have like an individual song. Okay. It's definitely Freakum Dress because the because that's an everyday outfit, to be quite honest. Just put your jacket on, baby. It could be everything. You daytime and nighttime at the same time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you already know. I love a little. Hey. Um, and then outside of Freakum Dress, ring the alarm because I like that we're breaking shit. Um, I love everything about it. And then it brings me to the first half of Lemonade because she lost me in the second half, coach. Um, I know that's not what it was about, but I, I got midway through. I said, wait a minute. This was, this was me love drought. That's what I was saying. I was like, huh, yeah, bet. let me just skip to the end. Let me go right formation. Just take me straight to formation so I can get back to formation. I know she didn't found love and forgiveness. That's so nice. That is so nice. The fire sign of me wanted us to stay at God the top. God is working on me. Okay. Cause, and I know y'all feeling exactly what I'm talking about. We just, that, like, left that baby. Girl, what? So, you know, just the first half. She lost me in the second half, and that's fine, because that's her relationship. That's her man. But the first half, the first half was lit. I think we should have kept that same energy. I'm looking for the, the director's cut, where we omit all the other <laughs> shit in the middle. <laughs> And then we get right to the beginning, the fire. I know y'all heard of drums. She got Jack White on here. Can we bring him back to close it up in the end? That is that is me. When Beyonce is like, I'm tired. Fuck that man. I'm like, yes. And that's not how I'm feeling in my chest. I may not even be angry at all. <laughs> I'm just here for the moment. Yes. Yes. Okay. So to our next question, this is more so a horror question. And you, I tried to make it general because I didn't know how deep cut. I didn't want to make it like, ooh, what kind of Cinnabites? Because I don't know if you know how the Cinnabites, Hellraiser, uh-huh. it's a wild time. But if you have not seen Hellraiser, I'm looking at everybody in the eyes. Uh, Hellraiser is a very wild time. Be pre- prepared for goop and a lot of like 
A lot yes. of scenes that look like they hurt. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. The scenes that look like they hurt. Um, Especially the new one. The new one is really good. Ooh. Surprisingly so, it's, it's really good. And I'm saying surprisingly because we've seen them all. Yes, we have seen. <laughs> there are 11 Hellraiser movies. We go to space. Yeah. We're in the computer. The We're one to go to space is not bad. No. Yeah. A little shaky. Okay, so the next question is, it's a would you rather. Ooh. And it's for everybody. Um, and let's start Let's start with Fatima this time. Let me slide over here. I'm going to look towards you. Would you rather have a, a pack of vampires unleashed on your town? <laughs> or would you rather have Michael Myers unleashed on your block? Which one would you rather have? I would rather... I'd rather the vampires... I, I the honest like, I think I, I don't mind both, but I would rather the vampires. I think I can make friends with vampires. I think that like I would just see them and be like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. I think they, I would let them entice me. I would let I would start that relationship, and then we'd be friends and we'd be cool. And you know, there might be a few people they could take out if necessary. Okay, um, but yeah. Okay, I love that you align with them so you can make some um, powerful friends. Mm -hmm. Love that for you. What yes. about you, Selena? I think I would, so I'm from Chicago, so I'm going to use that block. I don't live there, but we're going to cheat. We would beat the shit out of Michael Myers. Like, I'm from Chicago. We will beat, we have bills to pay. Yes. The world is scared. Like, yes. we don't have time. We would beat the shit out of him. And then, so I would choose Michael Myers. To get it. Because the vampire is a lot of people. We don't, you know, that might take longer. Okay. <laughs> I see. The, I appreciate that answer so much. It's a very real answer because they tried that in one they of the recent Halloween movies. And they go, like, I kid Evil you not. Evil dies tonight. No, it didn't die that night because that bitch pulled up with an iron. What the? What are you about to do with an iron? You can do a lot with about an iron. About to press a shirt? Get the, <laughs> ooh, I wanted to shake my fist. Like, are you serious? This is Michael, Mikael, Mikael Myers. And he is standing in here. The most careful driver in the world. <laughs> with no license. The DMV just let that slide. He looks left and right. He was driving he a car from the 70s. Them cars were all like spaceships. Mm -hmm. He was mm -hmm. outside. Um, I too will go with Michael Myers. Uh, just for even if we can't gang up on him, he never runs. Um, so really, if I could just gas up the jalopy, I could just speed off to the sunset and not worry about Michael Myers. He's not about to follow me. He's looking for Lori. I got nothing to do with y'all's beef that has spanned over these decades. Peace mm -hmm. up, A-Town down. If these vampires come and start biting people, it's going to be more vampires. And I don't have time for that. Blade is not here to help us. <laughs> and that brings it to me. So you already knew what my answer was. <laughs> I'm walking right up. Vampires. I'm going just like this. Let me in. <laughs> Uh, it's a vampire. I'm like, wow. I've been waiting all day for this. Um, I was talking to somebody literally just yesterday. Where do you sign me up? Seriously. What, like, just oh, they're like, hey, like, get me groupie because I'm real pressed to get in. Like, let me in, girl. At one point, like, if you're not going to bite me, I'm just going to inject the vein, the blood right into my veins. And now I've become, oh, it's that serious for me. Um, and so I will walk eternal darkness with the rest of the vampires. And then I can get to the internal bag because how dare you be a vampire and be broke? No. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get to the money, but when you have eternal life, you could do anything. Just like people who clear out debt and all kinds of shit. That's what I'm going to do. Girl, you a vampire. You can rob all the banks. What and that's what do? I'm saying. Every day is the positive purge for me because I'm not doing all of that. I'm just going to look at you and then like, ooh, the music goes. And I'm like, yeah, so go ahead and put that in my account. <laughs> 
Thank you. And then I'm a bad bitch eternally because I already was one, but now I don't die. I love that. Love mm -hmm. that. Um, so we're going to dive into uh, the actual meat and potatoes after talking for 30 some minutes. Surprise. Yay. <laughs> um, we want to talk about some of those elements of stage that are often used in horror. So I want to focus on lighting. Now, as we can see, Boom, the lights are right here, shining down on us. Trauma. And even with the lights and the colors, they're shutting it off. There are some scenes where lighting makes uh, makes certain parts of the play very scary. But there are other ways in horror where we use the lights. We've always seen a scene where somebody go down to the basement or somebody go do something, all of a sudden, boom, the lights turn off. Mm -hmm. Now we're, now I'm immediately scared, even if the lights just go off because the wind was blowing too hard or it's snowing real bad. Now I got to go to the breaker box by myself in darkness? Absolutely mm. not. When I came in here today, I had made a comment on how the lights were set up because I'm a, I'm a lighting ass bitch. I love lights. Um, I love the drama of lights. I'm a person that just have like little blue lights just going in your room just because, because we love to see it. Yes. But when I thought about the lights out, like even in the, um, the outside, like right outside the theater, it reminded me a bit of Suspiria. If you have not seen Suspiria... Okay, go ahead and write that down. Uh, but the lighting in there, like it not only enhances and furthers the story and the plot point, because you're like, girl, how? But it does, because it adds to the like the mysticism of what's going on, the drama of what's going mm -hmm. on, and not giving too much about the sensational seed minkettes, but also not even giving too much about Suspiria. Like it, when you're looking for that exclamation point, you see that when the lights hit a person in a certain way on here, or if the lights are doing a thing, whether it's in this play or even in Suspiria, like someone runs and you see a picture of someone's turning the corner and then the camera comes up really close and tight and you're left with that for a little bit. And then the lights are like bluish purple and a little red. So you see the, the, the anguish, the confusion, the horror on that person's face. And then the light is added to the drama. Baby, I live. So that's like, <laughs> no, seriously, cause it's like, and then the, you hear the score kind of like, whether it's like loud or just playing low in the background, it's, it's the drama like that, that gets me going because that's the small elements. Like it starts like you feel your heart racing a little bit and nothing really happened. Like no one got shot or nothing, but you're just like, Ooh, girl, what's coming next? Listen, and speak to your point of about lights, just the sound as well. We This is a stage and you're going to hear speakers. You're going to hear the vibration of the sounds, whether it's boots, whether it's people yelling at each other, because you can hear that because you are right there. There is no silver screen in between you and the actors. Like we are in the same room. We're breathing the same air. <laughs> we're in here together. So even when you can hear sound effects that are playing, because plays have musics and scores, even if it's just like, they plan the sound of the city in the background to create that experience or create that environment for you. So now you are also in the city. If it's storming, they done got the clouds, they got the sound of rain. You like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. do I need an umbrella? I'm in the room. So the use of sound, the use of light, even the color, like you said, changing it to red. If the lights go red and they were white, what would you automatically think? Something bad about to happen. Mm -hmm. Something bloody about to happen. There's about to be someone enraged, or if it's about to be a real sexy scene, because sometimes they use real light real to be special. real sexy. Um, but I, I'm just saying, immediately if it goes from white to red, you're gonna think of some kind of mood that changes it. Or if it goes to purple, mm. ooh, what kind of drama are you about to see? Or if it goes blue or green, it just just using these lights and using things that are physically here or physically on a set to control the environment. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Now, go ahead. Oh, I mean, I had a question that just popped out of my chest. Okay. Please jump me because I don't want to put you on the spot, but it just jumped out of my chest. Okay. Um, 
when I know you've worn many hats in your career, especially with setting the scene and making the, creating this exact experience that we're talking about, what do you feel like? Do you have a favorite like kind of palette or colors to depict the particular mood that you like to see? Like you feel is most effective for people. You just like girl, I'm just here. Um. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it really depends on what the like what piece you're working on mm -hmm. and what mood you're trying to elicit. So right now I'm working on. Ironically, I'm working on like a slasher short film. Oh, okay. I have a friend who does um, film at I think it's GW, and she's working on her final pieces. Ooh. And it's about it's about these girls in DC work at a pizza parlor, go to a they go to a sleepover, and it's kind of like about just like seeing seeing girls that you want to be like and seeing mm -hmm. their life, and then she takes her out. Um, and as we're crafting that, for me, that the mood that I really want is like that Stranger Things mood of like the neons mm -hmm. and the deeply Ooh. saturated colors. And I don't know if it's like the associations to blood or like warmth or like intimacy or like I want people to feel close and electrified, mm -hmm. but that it really depends on the mood. Whereas if it's something that's like, oh, something that's like more... I'm thinking of a stale lighting. Like mm -hmm. there's sometimes when you get lighting that's like very stale, fluorescent, and it's gonna create more of a mood where it's like discomfort because there's like a lack of stimulation, mm -hmm. a lack of sensation in that. So really depend on what type of mood you're going for. Is that gonna be available to watch somewhere? Cause I'm in y'all's business. Though. Yeah, I got you. Okay, I thank you so you. much. Love that, love that. <laughs> thank you. Um, and Sabrina, do you wanna talk about a little bit about what kind of light you just enjoy? Because I, I don't know if you're setting up the lights, but if you walk in a room, what color light would you prefer if you just stepped into Yes. Blue. Period. But I'm just seeing dream girls. Okay. Like it's not, it's not super deep. I just was like, dream girls. <laughs> See, Dream Girls always creeps onto our podcast, no matter what. It's no the last scene. It's the scene. It's the last scene. I'm not going to cry because I'm thinking about it in my mind. She's about to cry. Because it's I'm the just... every man. And she look at him and they look back and I'm like, baby, oh God. Like, what? See? <laughs> Here we are. Fuck you guys. That's how I feel every time. I'm so tired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I also wanted to talk about how a lot of times theatrical plays set up danger. So it's like usually, because they don't want to give anything away, right? So it's this danger of this unseen force, mm. this thing that we don't know. We know that there's a sense of dread because of the lighting, because of the silence, because of darkness in certain areas. We know that, but just the unseen force that's always happening. So they can, we know something is awry. We know something dreadful is coming up, but we gonna drag it out and we gonna, we have to watch the play to figure out what what is it? What is that unseen force? And sometimes in plays or in horror, often it's a metaphor, it's grief. It's something about the human experience. Mm -hmm. If you're talking talk psychological, sometimes it's just Michael Myers. I just, he's <laughs> behind the things, he's moving the curtain. It's, it's actually him. But uh, in other movies, again, like the Babadook or something mm -hmm. like that, where we see something happening, something we don't, we don't, we see things happening, we don't see what is doing it. And I feel like this play has something going on with that too. Um, again, mm -hmm. I don't want to spoil that. That's why I can't wait for the panel because <laughs> I'm gonna be spoiling everything now, right now. <laughs> I immediately think about a movie that had the girls divided last year, and Ooh. I still don't know where I stand, but Skin of a Rink. Um, I know, right? Y'all about to jump I me. wonder. It's fine. It's I wonder fine. what kind of play that would be. Skin of a rink. Uh, good luck, because I don't even know how... I would be interested to see what that looks like on the stage, but also, like, girl, what? Like, do we have, like, 
certain kind of glasses too, because there was an unseen for. If y'all haven't seen Skin and Rink, my personal thoughts is it just went on too long. I was actually a little moved by what was going on um, because, you know, sometimes you be up late and the TV be on and that's who's, who's raising you, baby. That's what's going on. Um, but I know, like I said, it had the girls really, really divided. And you could not really see what, well, you could hear it. Um, they really went in with like the sensory situation. You can hear what's going on. You can kind of feel what's going on if you decided to sit through it that long. Um, no, because we we saw it and there was somebody that left five yeah, minutes in. We watched somebody so, and got their bill and they said, oh, they, mm -mm. And I, I feel them because about 30 minutes in, I was like, all right, girl, what's going on? But then that's when it really had me shook. And now I'm like, girl, what happened to them kids? Like, I'm just really stressed. Um, but that is another movie or another situation where the unseen force, that the outwaters, um, mm -hmm. another unseen force that really kind of went up for a second. If you haven't noticed, um, found footage is my bag. Cause you yes. can't really see what's going on. Blair Witch, you can't see what the hell going on, but you know it's whooping the people's behind in that forest. <laughs> and now we all running around screaming, what is going on? And now we scared cause we just don't know what's going on. Blair Witch would be a terrifying play. I'm gonna let y'all know. The lighting, just it would be nothing but forest and people in tents screaming at each other. Josh lost the map. I would feel possessed. <laughs> Josh should have got jumped. I, mm, I would have jumped him. I'm sorry. The witch, me and the witch about to beat your ass. Like, we about to team up. Ten minutes of the movie is me and Jazz jumping the characters because <laughs> why did you put us in this? I'm fighting everyone. It's real life. Because I'm one of these, like, the plague. I'm a part of the problem. That's the solution. Listen, <laughs> and speaking Ooh. of psychological horror and things like that, of course, we use horror as a vehicle to talk about our life problems or as a vehicle just to point at society because in this play there are characters who are experiencing something and this is a unique experience experience to the type of characters we're, we're seeing again i'm not gonna spoil it you gotta see it with your eyes i'm talking through my teeth i hope y'all know it <laughs> like somebody mama Period. um but you're getting that look at society look look at how you make people feel or look at what the expectations society is creating and look at the issues with those expectations and horror is great at doing things like that. We just got to talk to, listen, I'm about to cry a little bit. We got to talk to Dr. Robin Armines Coleman, who is one of the co-authors of Black Guy Dies First. And this is something that she said where, you know, a lot of times the horror or the real life horror, horror gets to explore real life horror. Horror gets to explore the world when things go wrong. Horror explores the world when the government fails, when mm -hmm. something happens, like the purge, the government, or the first purge, or not even the first purge, the the like forever purge, where the government just was like, yeah, we it's out of our hands. Yep. Or zombie apocalypse movies where the government, they kind of treat a disease the way they treat a corona. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and now the zombies are beating everybody's ass. Okay. So these situations where, or where we have laws, or there's... Um, not a utopian, what's dystopian society. Even if you see Escape from LA, something like that, where they would do something like that. And historically that has been done. Where what, was it Britain who shipped all the criminals to Australia? They shipped surprise, them all to one surprise. place and was like, bye. They did the same thing in Escape from LA. We just gonna drop, or Escape from New York. We just gonna drop all the criminals in New York and uh, we're gonna gate it up. Bye guys, we don't know what y'all are doing in here. If you die, you die, bye. So that's something that I think the government might do. Um, I've seen what they've done in the past. They I'm don't scared. Too far no, it's not. They would do that. They would do that. They're doing anything right now, anyway. So I mean, what are they doing right it's now? It's lit. That's 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 <laughs> all I got. We doing everything, and that's the horror within itself. I can't wait to see the documentaries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, yes. Okay. Oh, so time. one last thing before we open up. Um, 
the Q&A, because I don't want to take up too much. I want y'all to be able to ask some questions. Uh, we saw some horror tropes. And horror tropes, they have this negative connotation like, ooh, it's about to be bad. No, some horror tropes just live in horror movies. That's where they are. You can subvert them. You can make them interesting. There's all kinds of things. And we see them in this play, even without um, spoiling anything, the most common one we think of is somebody's phone not working. Yep. Any movie you go, as all of a sudden, your phone, you got all the Wi-Fi, you getting every message, and as soon as there's an ounce of danger, now nah, I ain't got no bars. Sprint, I'ma whoop your ass. <laughs> oh, they, wait, 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 they're not, they're T-Mobile now. But don't matter. Then, it don't matter. It don't matter. Whether, give me a bar. Whether you can't find your phone, or like you think about it, get out, you can't find your keys, Rose, where my, you can't find my keys, Rose, where's my keys? But sometimes the people really can't find the keys. The stuff that really burned me up is when they're in a horror movie situation. We just saw Torn Hearts. If you have not seen Torn Hearts, I'm not a super yeehaw girl when it comes to I movies, am. but Jazz is. Woo. But that was a good time. Like that one was fun. I'm not even going to hold y'all. But there was a scene in Torn Hearts where the characters could have been got out. Like the door was wide open for a long time. One person had, exactly. Okay, y'all shake your head. Cause I'm like, girl, I don't understand. And they had the keys. And all I'm just thinking is y'all too busy trying to be friends and be like trying to get you and your home girl out. And y'all are not realizing like sometimes you just got to leave your friends behind. Like you got to cry. And then when they pull your tape around at Snake Way and then you just be like, well, once again, did you play the whole scenario? Did you get every angle? Because there was a reason why I had to leave that bitch back at the house. Like, <laughs> and also because you need to have these conversations with your friends ahead of time right too. Now. So you know what's going on. So when the situation comes, like if we were in a situation, I expect her to leave me. Because who's going to tell the story or alert the authorities? Now, I don't know how, how helpful they're going to be, but, you know, who's going to live on? Because the girl could have had the keys and left instead of just, oh, where's the keys? Bitch, <laughs> you could have been got out. You should have hot-wired that car. Like, what's going on? out the window. I eject those cuz. What you talking about? It's crazy. So, We're you out. know, it's like she said, some tropes, you know, there's like a, always the negative connotations with tropes. But then there's also stuff like we know, like your phone not working. Let's split up. Oh, no. Let's, let's go this place. Up. Let's go that. And sometimes it works. Sometimes, well, you know, little stuff like that that's not always in an, in an offensive manner. Like, it's always like, damn, they doing that thing again? <laughs> well, okay, let's check the box off. Or somebody not believing you. <sighs> it's always the something. First of all, now, my friends are going to believe me. Be a cat or like this. We're horror fans. If I say, hey, yo, it's a monster back here. Cat not going to be like, ain't no such thing as monsters. Cat going to pick her purse up and we're both leaving. Mm -hmm. So whether there's a monster or not, we're not taking the chance. We're gone. Okay? What you see? Oh. Listen, for so you're telling people a situation that's happening, they're like, that's not happening. What you talking about? That is a very horror, that's very common in horror. It could be aliens, it could be zombies, it could be slashers, it could be psychological. It doesn't matter. Somebody important is not going to believe you and it's going to drive the story. Because if someone would have just believed you the first time, we could have got to the bottom of this. But clearly we don't like solutions. And you need new friends because your friends are <laughs> gaslighting you. And now you need to you need to drop them like a hot potato because how dare you? Mm -hmm. And now we're all dead because you played in my face. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. So for time's sake, we're going to start opening up the Q&A. If you got a question for anybody up here, it's not just us. It's for Sabrina and Fatima if you got the questions. Sure. And then that's somebody take this for me. Oh, look at my <laughs> Okay. Okay, I had to beat. This is loud. That's fine. You're thirsty. <laughs> okay. Did you want to go first? You want, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Take it up. Okay. Well, I feel like they're two sides of the same coin, um, and they definitely intersect. Like, one, I, 
if you if you put a horror comedy in my face, it might be hit or miss. Like if you present it just like that, like this is a horror comedy. I'm like, oh, okay. But also my laugh box is partially broken and my humor don't, you know, that everybody, I like deadpan humor um, and not every horror comedy is deadpan. I do like Cabin in the Woods though. Like that was funny. Um, but just like horror, comedy also is a way for you to hold the mirror up to a lot of situations that's happening, whether it's something personal and you're trying to, you know, find a way to work through that, or if it's a reflection of what's happening in society around us. So that's what I mean. Like, I feel like it's two sides of the same coin. They sometimes mix well together, just like your favorite ice cream flavors. But sometimes, you know, you just stare into the sunlight. That's mm -hmm. how I feel. I think um, they are two sides of the same coin, especially because a lot relies on timing. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to jokes, you have to hit it at the right time and go to the next thing at the right time. Or with a scare, you have to mm. pull the scare, pull the trick on the scare at the right time. So they both mimic each other in timing the joke and timing the scare at the right time for the audience. So you kind of have to think about where this is going to hit for the audience and kind of think about where they're going to be feeling. So you pull the trigger or pull the string at the right time so you can get that most effective react or reaction from the crowd. So, yeah, I think they're very close and they go very well together together if they are done, if it's done right, because it could be done in a way where the horror and the comedy don't have the same mood. Mm. So you have like really scary kind of horror, but really like slapstick comedy they might not go together versus having like campy kind of horror and then the campy comedy, then they go together. You know, you kind of have to have the right kind of ingredients because you can't just be putting everything together. You can't be eating at everybody's house. No. No. You have any horror I, comedy? I do. I think in, I think that humor and horror, being really scared and also laughing, there's a dynamic relationship. And I was just talking to a friend about how in this show, there's, I don't think this is spoiling anything, but like there's a character named Rocky and Rocky is so funny. Mm -hmm. And you, you, Rocky is your home, but like when you see her in the beginning of the play, it's funny, we're all having a good time. And like, I think seven tenths into the play, Rocky's brow is furrowed the whole time. No one is having a good time, but depending on which show we're doing, like people will still laugh at everything that she says. And it kind of, I feel like puts a really cool mirror onto the fact of like, this person is now screaming for help. But because her identity was funny and that humor, it's like, oh, why aren't we seeing this as a person who is in dire need? So I think that mm -hmm. that's a way in this play that both of those things go together to show, a, like mirror a greater problem or sort of like more human. Why are we looking at this in this way? Mm-hmm. Insightful. Insightful. <laughs> see? <laughs> see? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that question. Thank you. More questions? I love questions. Hey. Hello. Hello. Uh, Battle Royale is one of my favorite psychological thrillers. What mundane object would you use to survive a, um, let's say, apocalypse? Mundane object to survive the apocalypse. Mm. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is sharpened pencils. They are lightweight. They're easy to find. I mean, now, granted, could I just use a knife? to sharpen it, sure, but if I got a pencil sharpener, that's a whole auxiliary, like, we got all kinds of artillery going on right here, because you get sharp just right through the eyeball, boom, right through the, or pull up titan, right through the ear, uh -oh. we in here, you're out, that's it, because if it's a zombie, through the brain, if it's a human, through the brain, we're done, we're dead, you're dead, not me, hopefully I'm not dead, I don't <laughs> want to die, I'm trying to stay alive, anybody else got, got the idea in their mind what they're trying to use? Okay. 
I wanted to say knife, but I'm like, I don't think that counts. So scissors. And I like love scissors. I feel like there's something about wielding them. You can dig if you need to dig and take people out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crafts also. Crafts. <laughs> I was going to say a chopstick um, because also I can get into my meals, you know, because I love to eat. But also like I'm about to fuck you up, like I'm about to stab you in the ear. And then I have a sneaky taser because you didn't realize that I had that. Um, so now I'm going to use the taser. Surprise, yummy. I had multiple items. <laughs> not a surprise item. <laughs> Which is not a surprise. Part of me is wondering, why am I trying to survive? <laughs> and so I get stuck there. But if I have to, if I have to, I think probably, like, insert calming drug here. Okay. Just because you're going to be stressed out. And like, you just gotta have whatever you can to keep moving if you have to. I feel that. Yes. It's like when you play the game and you like the med pack character. So you're like, ah, all right, yeah. I got the, okay, I got the doctor supplies, okay? <laughs> no, do you, tell, you need that character in the group. Me and Cat play what? what was it? The one where we following the zombies? Uh, Left for Dead? Yeah, somebody gotta be in charge of doing this. Somebody gotta know where to go. Like, mm-hmm. we gotta have, everybody has a role to play. Or if you're playing Fallout and now you didn't mix all kinds of crack together, because that's literally what you're making. Oh, yeah. yeah. You took the psycho. And now you 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 and now you can beat all defeat all the Merlurks, but also what was the psycho, <laughs> the death claw, a wild death claw. Pro- so great. <laughs> now everyone knows we're in the video games. Yes, we are in the video <laughs> games. Yes, thank you for that question, Yemi. Yes. Any more questions? Any mas preguntas? I have one. Oh. Um, so, connection to the conversation about horror shows was going on in the world. I'm wondering if y'all have thoughts on the fact that we're getting so many Frankenstein retellings right now and why that might be. Because there are more coming in the 45 this year. Oh, I've heard. Okay. Um, I am a fan of Frankenstein, like, as a novel. I think uh, my teacher in high school made us read it, like, but as a class. So I'm like, okay, I bang with this. And uh, me and Kat were talking about this on um, an episode that has not no that just came out and we were talking about the angry black girl and her monster mm-hmm. which is another like frankenstein joint um so I, I wonder if it has something to do with death because there is a lot of death happening a lot of like c- civil unrest unrest worldwide and again i mean i'm trying to think of when the original book came out it was back in the day it was a lot of stuff going on back then but i wonder if these this idea of people dying Mm. Yeah, <laughs> my brain is made of soup. Don't, I don't ask me. But that idea of constant death—maybe people are interested in reviving or, you know, talking about death using that source material as a vehicle for it. So that's like what I'm thinking. Maybe it's the death. Maybe they're trying to like, well, what can we do to combat death? How do we survive or revive people? So or rebirth or repair. It was 1818. Okay, eight. Wow, at at. Anybody else got the Frankenstein? Okay, this is exciting because I I'm into astrology. If anyone's into astrology, yes, mm-hmm. hello. Pluto has entered Aquarius, mm-hmm. and there's this like affiliation between this writer and like Aquarian themes. And I'm also I'm writing a play right now that is kind of like Black Mirror e, and it's like it's like what happens if someone creates like. Uh, a child version of you like I give you my DNA you come back and I get to like braid my childlike hair and 
and heal my inner child. And I was like, why do I want to write this so bad? And then it brought me back to Frankenstein because I was like, that's that's very much this. And I think that we're entering a time with like AI and technology where we are creating people mm-hmm. and we are creating sentience and we are not ethically or morally thinking about what that means. Um, so I'm excited about things that have that kind of coding to it because I think that the theater and entertainment is where we're actually gonna be like, okay, it's cute, but like, you're not about, like in my play, I'm like, y'all not about to just make little black girls and send them out in the world alone. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean? Um, so that, yeah. I'm ready to tune in. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No, y'all already said all the things. Um, literally plus one to everyone that said it. And then the real thing is, in that conversation we had the other day about the rise of, because you know, there's always like a subgenre that this is, you know, one day it's werewolves, one day it's vampires. It could always be vampires. But I am excited about Frankenstein movies coming, like making a resurgence, kind of coming back. And that also tells me we're getting back to zombies real quick because they crisscross. <laughs> <laughs> we're never leaving. They crisscross applesauce. Um, and I'm also interested, just like the angry black girl and her monster, to see how the role of Frankenstein is showing up in these different depictions, in these different stories. Like Lisa Frankenstein, haven't seen that yet, but that's very much like rom-com, we in love. And then Angry Black Girl and Her Monster, have seen that, not gonna spoil that if y'all haven't seen that, but it very much is someone who is dealing with a lot of things that is happening in their immediate neighborhood. Like a lot of death is happening in their neighborhood, and this is how this person is attempting to cope or fix what all is going on, righting some wrongs. That's one way to put it. Um, and once again, like, you know, a lot of these like, you know, rebirth, like, oh, I'm making a new person. I'm trying to make a new thing to do this. We've seen somebody create like Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm creating a new lover. Like, that's what I'm doing. So I am very interested to see how all this is going to play out because there's a lot of different human experiences. They're going to be able to, and these are new stories. Yes. One thing I'm always pissed about is how many retellings or remasterings, and and that's cool and that's fine, but there are so many people that have so many unique stories that we do not get to see or hear or anything about because they don't have a backing. Like, they don't get to have a big machine behind them or they don't have access. And I'm excited that we're able to see that and these voices are, are going to finally get to be pushed to the front. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, also, Birth slash Rebirth, if you have not seen oh, that, yeah. that's on Shutter. Completely original story. Definitely some Frankenstein stuff going on. You have anything about Frankenstein you want to add? Okay, okay. Is is that all the questions? Any more? Qu- oh, there's, oh, there's another one. We love questions. I love it here. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. My question is kind of similar to what we were just talking about with the angry black girl and her monster. Because um, I always... We'll set my friends up for movies by saying this isn't a, really a horror movie, but it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So in the tradition of Black History Month, and one of yes. my favorite not really a horror movies is a Hotel Rwanda. But mm-hmm. it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What movie would you recommend to people when people are asking you, you know, this is oh, a really God. horror movie. It's totally a historical thing that happened, but it's a horror movie. How much time you got? <laughs> Rosewood. That's the first thing I thought of. Rosewood. Glory. Glory. Those are horror movies. A lot of these things. Yeah, a lot of these are just mm, horror. They're just horror movies. It's not even this is a horror movie. No, this is horrific. Uh, when we talk about horror as an umbrella, sometimes societal horror, we're, we're just watching back. It doesn't have to be supernatural. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a slasher. It can be, there. this is war. 
War is terrifying. I'm not trying to go. I, let me tell y'all, if they start drafting people again, that's a wrap, baby. I'm not doing that. Lock me up, baby. Go ahead, throw me away in that jail. That's yeah. it. I'm not fighting no wars. But that it's just that terror. Because Hotel Rwanda, uh, I'm scarred from that because um, our high school made us go see that. There was a field trip. They made, took us to the theater and we watched that movie. And then we had Fruit to write Vail a reflection. Um, Fruitvale Station. That's one movie you don't only need to watch one time and one time only. I don't like, need to that's see it. it. Um, Twelve Years a Slave. That's a horror movie. Like all of these things, black and horror, black and experience and horror are intertwined like this. Especially Twelve Years a Slave because oh. bitch, what? Oh, child, absolutely not. But yes, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely all those ones we named. Anything where it's talking about the police killing black people. That's a horror movie. Um, white people burning black people towns. That's a horror movie. Four little girls. That's a horror movie. Just all of that stuff. Uh, I'm sure there's other movies we could think Things about. Things that but... depict internment camps. That's a horror Ooh. movie. Things that just show people being homophobic. That's a horror movie. Like yes. just just anything that is detrimental, in my opinion, detrimental to the human experience. And that's a horror movie because you're scared. Like it may not be dressed up like this is the killer, but the real thing is the the scary character looks just like us. It's the real thing is the human is the scary character. That like when you think about the purge, it's the humans that decided <laughs> we're not listening to this anymore. We about to purge every day. And so that's the scary part. When people stop caring and you lose your humanity, like that's that's when things start to go left. Like what when you think about like zombie films, mm -hmm. you're very the zombie films very rarely focus on the monster because Duh. Like, <laughs> you get bit, that's it. It's about the human experience when things start going left. Yes. When we run out of food, what all is really going on? Mm -hmm. Or someone's hiding a bite. Oh, God. Someone's always it. hiding a bite. Because <laughs> <sighs> they hate us, clearly. Mm -hmm. um, anybody else got any uh, ties, any other movies they want to add? Okay. Is no. that was that all the questions? I think so, and that's all right. our time. Yeah. So closing out. Thank y'all so much for uh, pulling up on us on Super Bowl Sunday. Period. Thank Just you, Fatima. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank yes. all of y'all. Using your time. You didn't have to be out the bed. Okay. Period. Thank Thanks you for to the woman, Mama. Yes. Thank you. Please go see the sensational C Minkets. Yes. Had Fifty to slow times. It. Yeah, I had to slow it down. It's a good time. Interactive. Watch more horror. I'm dead serious. <laughs> yeah. And thank y'all. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.